Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hey, good morning, and I think uh, we're straddling into some good afternoon in quite a few locations. Everybody, welcome back to Mental Health Today. It's your host, Ken. And again, just that little introduction, me searching, struggling for what is going to be that common thread across this, the United States uh, as I go across and interview people. And uh, this show was born from that idea, really, is the mental health side. And having a really good chat with Roger offline about you know, it's kind of fun. I'm not sure why, but I ended up giving Roger a bit of my biography. Uh, he's just got kind of that therapist look going on right now. The books in the background, the glasses, you know. So I just kind of spilled my guts with what I've been doing the last 18 months, uh, telling him and how we ended up really in this place and hearing other people's stories. And and I think, uh, Roger, you're like me. You're a story collector or a story hunter, I guess. And uh, that's kind of what I've been doing the last 18 months, hunting down stories and uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time out of your Saturday to to be a guest. Absolutely. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me. And definitely a lot in common. Uh, the theme for my podcast is everyone has a story, which I've been oh, doing that's for, right. for seven years. So uh, I could relate to yeah. a lot of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I did. I remember now that was the other thing. When I went to your website, I saw even real people and I think real conversations. I think my logo is or the my tagline is even in there is in your right. is in your page. Perfect. Uh, my final the kind of the final uh, tagline, real people, real conversations. And it's I think it's something people really do appreciate right now. No doubt. And I think it's, you know, it's uh, somewhat lost, you know, maybe the time you and I grew up. Um, you know, I remember having mm. these conversations with my neighbors, you know, people who immigrated from Poland yeah. and Czechoslovakia and, you know, they would have the gardens in the backyard and the, in the, uh, cherry <laughs> tree and, you know, and, and, yes. and, and I could recall being a youngster talking to these elders about their life yeah. and they spoke broken English. And I was always fascinated by that. And, you know, what people's lives must have been like before they came here. And we're seeing a lot of that today with, okay. with uh, what's happening in, in the world and a lot of people coming into the U.S. right now as well. Those are going to be some wild stories, right? As you get some of the individual stories. I mean, I'd like to hear some of the individual stories. You know, we you may have, there's going to be some strong opinions on what, on, you know, opening the door, but I mean, still the story that there's still a human and there's a story there. It's funny you talk about the old, the uh, you know, some of the older immigrants. My first job was cleaning a factory on Sundays in downtown Chicago, and my the two people I was it was a big factory area, and I was in one of these small buildings. And my two coworkers, one was a one was an immigrant from I think Czechoslovakia, uh, barely spoke any English, really had had the full on tattoo. He had the full yeah. on serial number on his arm. At some point, he was in a registered in some camp, and um, and on the way through World War, it was World War II stuff. 
And the other guy was a guy from Spain who spoke about half English. So between the three of us, we, you know, we spoke about 1.45, you know, <laughs> humans of English and we just got the job done, but they had yeah. amazing stories. I mean, they, they, even in the broken English, we heard, you hear amazing stories. Um, yeah. So yeah. What do you, how did you end up in this space? How did you kind of end up doing this work? Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of, uh, synchronicity in the things that we do to prepare ourselves for where we are at this time, mm -hmm. right? So no matter what your age is, um, I think the decisions that we make early on lead us to yeah. um, a place where we're trying to go. And I think that that path continues. So yes, mm -hmm. you know, where I am today uh, is going to look a lot different. Same with you. Uh, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And, um, but I, you know, I think I've been fortunate in that I had a lot of great people in my life along the way. Um, yeah. From guidance counselors to, you know, friends of my parents or, you know, um, coaches and, and different people that, um, and, I, and I think these people come and go. But it's up to us as individuals if we actually want to tune into them. You know, do we actually want to take the time to listen? Um, and, and, you know, when we're younger, a lot of times we don't have the patience for that, right? That's, but um, again, I think I was fortunate just to have the right people in my life at the right time to be able to help guide me right. on my path to just find fulfillment, you know, and, whether you call it work or a career or whatever it may be, if you love what you do, to me, you know, mm. it's not work. It's life. It's enjoying the people that that you're with. Um, and, it, and it may look, you know, you may do different things. You may do pod podcasts. You may have a, a full-time job and then you may have a side hustle. So I've been doing a lot of yes. those things and just trying to get to a place where at the end of the day, you know, to me, it's, how can we help the most people um, yeah. you know, take care of ourselves, take care of our family, and then take care of as many as we can? And that's that's a, the point of my life where I am right now. I was just listening to a podcast driving uh, it's called Resilient Mind, and they, they just borrow snippets from different podcasts. And there was just one was talking. It was Jim Rohn. And he was talking about abundance and, you know, you know, yourself and then, you know, a partner and then a, and then a, a child and a future, you know, and if you can do, if you can do more than one job, man, you know, you know, produce for more than one job. And if you can take care of your family, try to take care of your community, you know, or somebody in your community or your neighbor. And then you kind of, you know, this in or out, this in out kind of a philosophy and how wholesome that is. Um, yeah. Start close, you know, definitely. Definitely. And, I, and, I, and then I think a lot of it is on us, right, to seek out. So, you know, there's been people in my life that I've wanted to connect with, um, you know, so mm. take like Evan Carmichael or Ed Milet. And, you know, they may have right. been untouchable from a social media standpoint, you know, massive followings and all that. But when it comes right yes. down to it, uh, if if you, you know, put everyone on an even, you know, playing field, then I think that goes away. So 
again, I've been fortunate to be able to sit down with a lot of those people and you learn from them. You know, you, you hear what they've Mm. been through, you hear their, their pitch. And then, um, I think you're able to absorb some of that for yourself and then, you know, make it your own. So we, we never stop learning, whether it's through books or through podcasts or through friendships or through Mm. relationships, um, even things that, we struggle with. I think that those are the times where we learn the oh, most yeah. is when, when we're hit hard and we have to get back up. And um, it's not always easy, especially from a mindset standpoint. I think you're paying the most attention when you're knocked down hard. You know, I mean, that's you definitely cannot be driving with one finger, texting, you know, steering with your knee and, and not looking at the map. Yeah. What do you, what's going what's occupying your time now? Either, you know, maybe two, two ways, maybe physically, what are you, what are you working on now? And where's your mind going? What do you, what do you cook? What do you think's next? <laughs> well, uh, I I've been fortunate that I've been able to balance a corporate life and, uh, whether you call it a, a side business or a side hustle or whatever yeah. that may look mm-hmm. like for many, many years, I've been doing that for 15 plus years. And um, I love the corporate life because it's very uh, challenging. And at the same time, I like helping corporations, especially early stage corporations, get to that next phase. So Hmm. I've been attracted to, um, you know, and again, once you kind of learn this method, uh, you may call it manifesting or whatever it is, but I've been attracted to these early stage companies where I get in at a certain point in time and then help help that company grow. And I feel that's one of my strengths is is being able to do that. So I do that uh, um, uh, in in what I call the customer loyalty and payments and technology space. That's something I've been working on for years. Uh, But then, you know, on the other side, my passion is uh, writing my own books and helping others either get their books written or get them published. So I, I balance yeah. those two worlds. And um, again, I think when you're able to embrace things and not really take life too serious, uh, you're able to actually accomplish a lot more. And um, so I'm writing books, I'm helping people publish books, I'm helping my tech company and you know managing a family. <laughs> Uh, a daughter in college, a, a son getting ready to go to college next year. So very busy, active life. But, you know, I'm at that point where I try not to have the anxiety or the pressure um, uh, put on myself so that I could hmm. be even keel in everything that I do. Yeah, I. this is a, I think having those other outlets was a big game changer for me. A big game changer for me was was when I started doing something other than just enslaving myself, my mind to the corporate, right? To my job, giving a hundred and ten percent. You know, which sounds right. heroic. And yeah, it seems like the good good soldier thing to do. Right, right. And I think, you know, people are, you know, especially coming out of COVID, people are more uh apt to trying something else, right? And and I think taking your mind off of that and putting the attention somewhere else is not a bad thing. 
You know, it's a good thing. It, it, it builds your skills in other areas. And there's this yes. whole other side, you know, in this whole other universe of people that you could help. So I think if we put it in that frame, if our intentions are good and, you know, again, our intentions have to be good to start because we have to put food on the table for ourselves and our family. So it kind of starts there with everyone. But if you start to gravitate towards something that you really love to do and again, not take anything too serious, not from a standpoint of responsibility, but from a standpoint of really, uh, you know, mental uh, wellness, um, then, you know, I think the doors can open to so much opportunity for you and others that, that you surround yourself with. Hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think you're, you know, as soon as you start to start another part of that brain up, you have your, you know, your work, your, your regular job, as soon as you lighten up another part of your brain, you're actually given, you're going to end up with some cross pollinization. It's going to end up benefiting your, your, your employment as well. I think it's not a bad idea for have employers even to, you know, mental two ways. One is good for mental health is help people find that, that joy or give them time for that joy at work and recognize it's got a positive impact, right? It's not just, it's not just going to help with the creative and solutions on the job. It'll, it'll also help the mental health and help people. And there's a massive cost uh, that mental health is, is for corporates. And yeah, as soon as we start, I think as soon as we start figuring out the, the actual dollar amount, uh, I think we'll get a lot more help from companies uh, than we're getting now. Yeah, I agree. And I, I you know, I, I think there's been a shift over the past even few years where there is oh, yeah. so much emphasis and awareness that it is now becoming, you know, really important to focus on this topic. And, mm-hmm. um, provide resources and provide outlets for um, your employees, you know, to be able to take care of themselves, whether it's, you know, offering gym memberships or counseling services or whatever it may be, you know, all that mm-hmm. I think is, is, is helping the overall, um, you know, uh, employee mindset to be able to um, give them the resources that they may not have had even five, 10 years ago. Yeah. What are you working on now? What's, uh, what are you thinking about? Have you, well, I, um, anything, anything interesting that's cooking? Yes. I've, I've, uh, I've been working on a novel for, uh, going on 13 years and this novel, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's one of those projects and believe me, I help people get their books out all the time. So I know the importance of getting something done. Right. Uh, and I've written a few <laughs> books in between, but this novel, um, I've, I've done a, a ton of research and, um, it's one of those, the, the story is actually, you know, pretty similar to the topic we're talking about today because, um, you know, the main character is kind of going through his own journey and there's a lot of, uh, emphasis on spirituality and, um, you know, really that we are part of something bigger and uh, without giving too much away, that's, that's kind of the, you know, the underlining message in, in, in this story is that, um, you know, we all have it in us. So we just have to be able to, uh, to connect with it. Mm. 
So that's one project I'm working uh, on. Well, that's. Oh, sorry. There's a little delay. Yeah. I think. Yeah, there's a bit of a, a bit of a delay on my end. I'm sorry. I'm trying, just trying to figure out my Wi-Fi. Uh, it's kind of barely holding on, uh, but it seems okay. So we're going to make it through. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that's I, – I like that kind of a story. I really – I admire if you can do these kind of longer, complex stories. I, I think for me, my, the way my brain has worked is I've been very – I've been very structured, very um, – you know, kind of a, I, I did the black drawings of a cartoon book, of a coloring book is kind of what I did with Dear God, right? I created this like black outline and then I just had to go in and fill in the peacock colors and yeah. fill in, you know, the so the giraffe looked like a giraffe. And so I kind of, I mean, I feel like I cheated, but I feel like it was a good formula for me and, uh, <laughs> and I'll yeah, no, stick with it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And everyone's different in that regard. Uh, and I think we have to find our way. So whether it's writing a book or getting any project done, right, we have to have our method that we're comfortable with. And it's okay to learn a new method as well um, if we're open to that. So uh, obviously that, yeah. that method for you, and, and I'm sure now that you could probably help others understand your method so, so they could do it mm. too. And that's that's what it's all about for me is how can I take the knowledge that I've learned I like from that. others and then pass that on. So that's what I do. I do yeah. some mentorship uh, on Sundays. I help people get their books written, uh, help them with their outlines. I don't do the actual writing, but really get them in a, in a place where they feel really comfortable and confident about what they're about to embark upon. Yeah. I like that. And it reminds me of a couple of people I owe a, a follow-up call. A couple of people who have told me, oh, I'm going to write a book or I'm writing a book. Yes. And, you know, one is an old colleague, an overseas colleague. Uh, and, and I, and I know her she's like, and she's really good. Like she's super capable and she could write a beautiful book. And then there was a gentleman I met. It was funny. I met him in a, in a restaurant in, oh, I guess it was St. Louis trying to remember exactly Beale street. That was it down on Beale Street. And uh, just happened he was a Malaysian guy, and I kind of figured he was Malay. Like, I knew I lived in I lived in Southeast Asia, and we started talking. He's Malaysian. He's a corporate guy there on some corporate gig and uh, heading back. So we were chatting, but it was interesting. He had – we had a, a discussion. He was talking really about his mental health and his own kind of as a father – as a, as an Asian father and just like, you know, emotions and how to talk to each other and what he could talk to his wife about what he couldn't talk to his wife about, like just rules almost. And, and just that struggle of being a human and being alone in some way. And his job is being stoic and getting on stage, delivering messages, you know, and just being the guy. And so anyway, we were talking, I said, Oh man, I have the book title for you, you know, and it was from a, a similar experience myself. And it was who fills your cup. And I'm like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to gift you my book title, but you have to write the book. <laughs> yes. And yes. he was all about writing the book. And anyway, I got to chase him now. It reminds me. I don't, it's like, cause it's, I think it, it's expiring, right? I'm going to steal the book title back. There you go. Right. You gave it to him. I'm going to take but no, and Yeah. I'm going to take it back. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think, you know, one of the other things that's really important to me, you asked what I'm working on is, um, you know, just, it, I think you get to a certain point where, you know, you hear phrases like be the light, 
right? Well, what does that actually mean mm. uh, until you see it in practice? So when you start to be the light, you know, those around you kind of see how you're acting, um, you know, you'll get those that try to pull you down. You'll get those that, you know, uh, meet you where you are. You get those that'll raise you up. But if you're, you know, I just feel if you're a well-balanced individual and you and you stay positive and you have good things to say, um, only good things can mm. happen. So, but we wonder, like, why do people, you know, walk around with, you know, a sour face or, you know, the, the, the homeless person that you just don't know their situation. So life is tough, right? So, you know, think about being a kid today. And or even when we grew up, it's, it's not much different. But, you know, it's I think it's really important to help others in any way we can without trying to make people feel bad or, um, you know, put people down. And, uh, you know, of course, we we joke around and we like to have fun and, and things like that. But for the most part, day to day, if, if we could be that light and just you never know whose life you may affect by giving a smile, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. all cliche, but, but it's true, you know, and, it, and, and, and I, you know, um, so that's what I'm passionate about as well is just trying to help, um, you know, myself stay, stay in that place, but then be that person for others around me so they could start to do the same for, for their network. Yeah, be the light. I I just love that, Roger. That's a that's a great great way to look at it, and going through and just kind of being that light for people. It's it's actually part of the the in part of the book that I that in that I wrote. I was calling that service, kind of the way yes. when you're describing it, it's kind of like feeling like the service mind. So the you know the concept of the the third the third book within the the Dear God book is the book I call it the book of all kind of humanity approach mm -hmm. and it's love, karma and service. Right. Yeah. So just having that, you know, finding that loving heart, right. And, you know, and how many people were hoping people get to the place where they've got to just love for themselves mostly, you know, which is yep. still a struggle, right? So you look at, you know, people interacting with other people walking around and how we interact with each other, you know, sometimes is a reflection. We, ha we haven't even found self love. So, you know, so we talk about love, karma, you know, just leaving people and things better than you find it. It's set in karma is more than that, but that's the simple version. And finally, it's service going around, uh, going out into humanity with, you know, the idea of, an, of a service mind. You know, I agree. To serve humanity the best you can. It's a great way to go out. Yes. And I think once we start to do it, subconsciously you know when it just happens naturally and we don't yes. have to think about it yeah. anymore and that becomes your daily yeah. routine then that's at least for me that's when like the big doors start to open you know you talk about abundance you know having that abundant mm -hmm. mindset but also a service mindset because we can't help more people if we don't have the resources to do that so i always struggle yes. with that like how can I get to that place? You know, and then you work so hard to try to earn the money and then, you know, and then you end up spending the money on something else. But I think once you clear all that out and you start to do things for the right reasons and again, doing things like service, 
without having to think about it, that's when I, I, the abundance comes in as well. And it doesn't have to be monetary, but it's just abundance of yeah, no, no, yeah, of joy, yeah. right? Of, of fulfillment, especially service. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, especially the service part, right? The service part is to get, really it's zero money. You know, yep. so there's no money and, in that in that in that equation. And think about this, right? There's value. And, and I, Right. And for your listeners who may have not thought about it this way before either, like service can be if you're a salesperson and, you know, you're trying to sell that next deal. Now, the person you're contacting, they think you're bugging them, right? Because they don't, you know, they get inundated. But at the end of the day, if your product yeah. or service is going to help that person or that organization become better, they will thank you one day. So it's your duty as that salesperson to stay on top of that person you're calling on until you get right. that deal done, right? And you're not going to get every deal done, but the whole dynamic will change. And then, you know, someday that person's likely going to become a friend because you stayed in contact, yeah. you've followed up, you, you made the, you know, you made the 20th phone call. So that, that in itself is, is service, even though it's, you know, in my opinion, you know, you're 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 also focusing on your your work, but it's something that is needed to potentially help that that person or organization on the other side. Yeah, if you believe it's powerful, when you believe in your product, and you really and it is a real good, it's a solid belief. Then then it does give you the power to kind of, as we were talking about earlier, this you know, I like what you're doing because it's the education side, uh, it's the knowledge side, and you know, those kind of beliefs when you're, when you're in sales are kind of what you need sometimes to, to get through. Well, I was in yes. insurance, I was in the insurance business for, you know, forever, 30, you know, more than 30 years. And it, it's a super high for salespeople, for the distribution people, for the salespeople, it's a, a nor it's a hundred percent attrition. You know, for every hundred people you hire at the beginning of the year, you almost lose almost basically a hundred percent are gone. Uh, wow. Now you do obviously retain some. It, it's really almost that bad. Uh, in the first year, it's something like seventy percent. The ultimate, the ultimate is a hundred, but there's the way that they do that model is a bit off. Um, but essentially, it's a very difficult profession. But the ones that stay in long enough to pay a death claim. It's a really interesting phenomenon. When they pay a claim, a real significant claim, and call like a percentage or a dollar amount, percentage of GDP. And if they deliver that to a client, and then their 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 life expectancy in the business is it, it's just like 10x after that. It's like they're never going to leave the business. Wow. They're in for life. It's like this really weird when we study the you know um retention is a real struggle. So you start to study the numbers and you're like, you know, there's these weird anomalies that happen along the way. You're like, why did this person stay? You know, give me the, you know, what study these 10 people, what happened? They come back. Oh, like five of them paid a death claim in their first year. And they never left, you know, cause wow. they were superheroes and they saw the value. So no matter how many people yelled at them and, you know, hung up on them and told them it was a scam and everything else, they saw the impact of what they did. And after that, nothing could really stop them. And they had a real belief in what they, what they sold. So you're, you're exactly right. This is powerful. I think for the mental health crisis is I wish we had school like education in high school, you know, there should be a class on 
positive thinking and just, you know, understanding your brain. Yeah, hundred percent. I think a big part of that on the, on the education side is trying to get out of a competitive mindset, right? Because, Oh yeah. God. Yes. We only make competition huh. for ourselves. If we are so fearful of someone competing to intrude upon our territory or our earnings or whatever it may be, or they're going to take the idea, we get so caught up on that, we can't focus on what's important. So that was one of the really hard things for me to get over Whoa. is, is el completely eliminating any form of competition. There is no competition. Our our the abundance that is out there for us is endless, but we have to focus I, on, on that. That's so funny. This is again. I don't be I don't be too kind of woo woo, but that was just the <laughs> podcast uh, I was listening to. One of the guys they were talking about abundance, and you know what are you worrying about this for what are you worrying about that for you what are you you're worrying about all these silly things there is so much out there and and he's kind of talking about nature and he said you just the if you look at nature there's an endless it's designed for endlessness for abundance right there's there's you know how many cherry trees do you want you just plant the seeds all you have to do is plant the seeds everything is already engineered the world is already super engineered for endless abundance you don't need to compete Yep. And, and think about this, right? And this, I, I heard this uh, on a, on a old YouTube video and it kind of made everything make sense. Right. So when, when, you know, there is an inception of, of, of a birth, right. Think of all mm. the, the sperm that it takes to fertilize an egg. Right. And that's the way life is. So one, one sperm hmm. will fertilize that egg. Take, and there's millions of sperm, yeah. but they're not, it's not waste. It's just abundance. So that's, that is oh, the essence. Interesting. Of, of yes. Well, and how many eggs, I mean, how many eggs a woman carries, right? She'd have to, she'd have to live to be like 2 trillion years. Right. To, to get, to actually pass all of her eggs. Right. In a normal, I mean, a, they're women are born with more eggs than they can use. We have an endless amount of the seed. Yes. Abundance. You're right. But I think our society yeah. sets us up mentally to yes. scrimp and save, right? We're, 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 yeah. we're, and we're wired that way. And, you know, I think about my parents, you know, my mother is so, you know, God bless her, but she's so caught up in, on the fear of everything, you know, well, we can be careful there. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, you're going to go out of town. Oh, you know, fly safe. Like everything is fear-based. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And we have to, you know, we have to, and it's a lot of that's generational, right? So we don't want to pick yes. on that generation, but, but that's how I think we could help ourselves and, and the next generations is to flip the script, right? Have that abundant mindset. And, and look, we're not going to, everything is not going to come our way all the time. But if we open our mind, to thinking that way all the time, then you know what? The chips will fall where they may and you will, mm. you will land, you know, on, on more things than you can imagine when you're not focused on competition and you're just focused on, you know, the positivity of whatever you're involved with. Yeah. That's great. I mean, that's perfect kind of closing, closing thoughts. 
Roger. I couldn't imagine a better way to to put a bow on the conversation. Um, so many other things we got in common. I mean, there's so many side, uh, so many rabbit holes I wanted to run. To, I wanted to run down. Um, and I think probably some more, you know, some more chats. I'd love to chat with you more on the foundate, the the jar, uh, the jar foundation, what we're doing over there. Pick your brain for some ideas, especially you're, you're good at that post kind of post birth. And that's kind of where we're at post birth. And we've got some really good ideas. Um, I think they're really good ideas on how to get it forward and keep it, you know, keep it growing and become a little powerhouse. Yeah. It looks like a, a great project. So congratulations to you. Yeah. Thanks. And thanks again for, for being a guest. I mean, I really, really do appreciate it. I forgot, I forgot to, uh, after all of our exciting chat and even our, our pre-chat, I forgot to put your, your uh, notes up. Um, so AmericanPublishing.com, people can find you there. Anything, yeah. anywhere, I think LinkedIn is also a good place. You've got a really good, I mean, I think your LinkedIn stuff you're doing there is great. Great place to see your more, kind of your, like your more of your activity. Um, but I think if you want help publishing a book, talk about book ideas. Are you still doing your podcast? I am. Not as much as I was, uh, you know, a few years ago, but I, it is still active. And that, that is AmericanReal.tv is, yeah. our, is our podcast. I, I'm going to go back and have a look through. Some of those guests look amazing uh, that you had on there. Really like, wow. Okay. There's a, there's a, there is a case there for less is more, you know, on some <laughs> of those guests, right? You've got some really you got some baller guests on there. I got to say, I got guests. I have guest envy, <laughs> but I got no, the host, nice about- which is even. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what's nice about that, and I, I know we're, we're closing up, but what's great, and for anyone who has a podcast out there too, is that these conversations, you know, live on, right? So I constantly post yes. things that I recorded five, six, seven years ago because it's still very relevant. You know, people like David Nagel and Peter Sage and Ed Milet and some of these wonderful people I had a chance to talk with, you know, those conversations are still very relevant. So I encourage people not only with my podcast, but listen to, you know, when go back and listen to some of these older podcasts, because uh, there's a lot of uh, rich information there. Yeah, I've been doing it driving around the van. I just let the you know, when I'm traveling from city to city, I got two hours, two and a half hours or four hours. I just put on, I just put on play and just whatever, whatever the algorithm sends my way, I go for a couple of hours sometimes like that. And you get some, you get, there's amazing stuff out there. People producing great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Roger, thanks so much. Thank Again. you, Ken. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Yeah. Hang on for 30 seconds real quick uh, post chat. And uh, thanks everybody for listening and supporting mental health today. The the show both here on the audio or the, the video one. And then uh, we're going to have a live one out probably about, about another two weeks. Uh, Roger, we'll have one, the, the audio out on the traditional platforms. So thanks again. See you in 30 seconds. Yeah. Loose baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change.